you get that sweet smoochin' audio quality <laughs> for the recording. Kind of get the plastic orb that is my mic just right. I just in honestly, my teeth. honestly, I just pretend it's like, oh look, Megan has a droid friend hanging out with her. Yeah. so it's delightful. I mean, I think of my mic as, like, a robot friend. Oh, my God. If if it could move around, if I could just tape it, like, DJ Roomba style to yeah. something with a little set of wheels, I would be the happiest camper. Um, have you seen that, that meme where it's, I guess it's a meme, where it's, like, an image of, I guess it's a ebook holder? Oh, <laughs> like the spider? A, the iPad the spider? spider. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I retract. It wouldn't. Not just any type of locomotion would do, because as I'm looking at this mic, I realize that it has, in fact, three spindly legs. It and has you know, feet. You know the Toy Story thing that's a doll head oh, on a claw. spider body? Oh, yeah, yeah, Like that? I'm I enjoy not into that, that. Okay. I don't like the way spiders move, so anything oh, that no, approaches that is deeply upsetting to me. I think because it's a robot, I'm not as upset by baby doll head spider body mm-hmm. child. Okay, but how do you feel about <laughs> spider head baby doll body? No. <laughs> Even if it's like a cute spider head, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm at that level. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need some more coaching <laughs> from our bug friends. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Bug <Bart> Club. <laughs> Welcome to Droid Club, aka Bug Club. Bug Club. Uh we just read book twenty five, The Extreme. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. And I'm on some vertigo medication. <laughs> We're both like I'm like leaving my yeah, house. Yeah, you're about to get out of town in like an hour. <laughs> I so. I've kind of left this mortal plane into <laughs> fog town, so we're both coming at you from a great distance. So this book was ghostwritten. Yes. Um and it definitely I we should take everything I say with, you know, uh some many grains of salt, but also yeah. I know I was biased by knowing that this was the first oh. ghostwritten book. Like that's just unavoidable. Absolutely. Can we can like, we compliment sandwich this book? Because <laughs> I'm worried that yeah. I'm going to be mean to it later on. So I feel like it wasn't okay. I I think because I knew it was a ghostwritten book, I went the whole time. I was like, "There's something off about the tone," and I spent the entire book trying to like like trying to piece together what it was. But at the same time, there were some parts that were okay. Yeah, and I think it wasn't as bad as I. When I knew that we were reading a ghostwritten book, I was sort of bracing for it to be way worse. <laughs> uh, so I, like, I didn't enjoy reading this one that much compared to like even the last book, which also had a wild plot. Yes, um, but something was off. But also parts of it were okay. Like, so I was torn the entire time. <laughs> I had similarly mixed feelings about it, but I do want to say there are some things I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Visser 3 was delightful. He was just good. He was pretty good oh, in this yeah. one. He was he was fun in this book. Um, the intro date that Marco goes on, also solid. Like, that, oh. that could have been slotted into any Animorphs book, and I would have enjoyed the heck out of it. And yeah. I really liked, it's just, it's passed over so quickly, but it's briefly <laughs> stated that they go on, like, a boxcar children road yes! trip to get home. <laughs> I love that. Where is that book, though? Yeah. That's all I want. I feel like one of my main things is that there are, like, I could see the bare bones of, like, here's what we want to happen. And I was like, this is all, like, this has potential right. to be really entertaining. And then, like, it was sort of, like, done by the book. Yes. Like, okay, I got to get to the next plot point. Which, they probably had a crazy deadline. Oh, my God. So. I can't even imagine. Like, imagine the, the levels of... 
horrible editorial oversight you have the first time yeah. you do a ghostwritten book to make sure everyone's pieces are in order and lined up. Like, you must have zero time. You must have written this yeah. book in negative two hours, and I'm so sorry. Also, I can't even blame the ghostwriter for some of this because, that like, Kay Applegate and Michael Grant did come up with the plot right they did do this everything they did do this like i looked up on on the the animorphs wikia see if there were any fun trivia points sure um and mostly it was just like Kay applegate said she was inspired to write this book because it was really cold where they lived <laughs> oh, <laughs> that no. white one winter oh guys okay is this the blizzard of um 98 I don't know. Um, I don't know where maybe? they live. I can't make wild assumptions it about says, that. It says, the book was created during a particularly cold time of the year in her former hometown of Minneapolis oh, when it was the, below okay, freezing outside. It's always cold in Minneapolis, yeah, though. That's like their whole deal. I mean, yeah. this They are so cold in this book. <laughs> I will, okay, yeah. There are... There's a book in here that's like a survival story yeah. about cold wolves, but again, yeah. I have to say, if that's what you want, go read White Fang. Like, there's yeah. there's a book that's about a cold wolf dog trying to yeah. survive in the Arctic region um, with similarly problematic handling yeah. of native Ooh. peoples of the Arctic. Um, so Ooh. just go read White Fang. Go take a Jack London detour yeah. if that's what you're after. Yeah, like, much like other parts of this book, the handling of the... Inuit character who shows up mm-hmm. is both not good, but also less bad than I was afraid it would be, but right. also not good. Right. I hate that that's <laughs> our standard, right? And we talked about this a little bit in the um, the Jaguar book also, um, you know, the forest one that's not the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. where they go back in time and everybody forgets but Jake. So yeah, this book, sorry, yeah. this book is like Megamorphs with the dinosaurs plus the forest book with the Jaguars plus yeah. White Fang equals this book. That's the book yeah. math here. Yeah. Um, but similarly to the handling of the, were they in the Amazon? The peoples of the Amazon in that book. Yeah. Like this wasn't as bad as it could have been, but I hate yeah. that that's our standard. Yeah. Like it's, there's like, I think someone who wasn't writing this in the nineties, cause I think that wasn't a time when people were as well informed about writing about people who are not of their own background right. specifically white people yeah. of their own background um so <laughs> like it, it, the the gem of the idea of like inuit people living where these jerks have this base would also be affected by it in a like sort of normal like who are these jerks running this base ruining our like our seal catching mm-hmm. like there's like the gem of the idea of like they are affected by it also, and they have the common goal with the Animorphs. Right, right. And again, there's a lot of room there where you can explore, like, hey, guys, maybe maybe your biased ideas based on, like, a fifth grade religious understanding <laughs> of, like, uh, animism don't accurately represent the Native people of today, like, what the Inuit yeah. tribes of today are actually like. Yeah. But I... it leans so hard into, oh, you guys are animal spirits that I had trouble... Yeah forgiving like i i did read like there seems to be a genuine attempt to to paint derek like this yeah. character this inuit boy that they run into as like a character in his own right and i really yeah. admired that um but again i don't know i got a little hung up on the animal spirits part of this whole yeah. shebang yeah i like flinched when that yeah because he he sees them demorph and he's like oh are you animal spirits and 
on the one hand, I guess you have to get him to a point where he's cooperating because he's a he's a plot device. Right. Um, he's and a, he's a he, bear device. He gives them yeah. a, a bear in the machine, maybe. Yeah. Like he kind of morph in the machine. <laughs> Deus ex morph bear et, morph, machina. Morph ex machina. Yeah. Um, and he comes off pretty good. Like I did come away going, Derek's an okay kid. Yeah. But also, it's I. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I like I like that he gets to like talk to Marco about Star Trek and that Marco yeah, gets to come across really like nice. the kids themselves like our animal yeah. teens come across as like you know way out of their depth and a little ignorant and a little like yeah. overcoming their own biases but still still some prombles here yeah and again Ooh. this is so not my lane I don't want to spend the whole no. book talking about this but woof. yeah it, yeah I feel like I would be interested to see what someone who is like smarter than us about this topic. Yeah, have yeah, to say no, about me it. too. Me too. I super would. So, if you know of such writing, I would love to read it. Point me to it. Um, but okay. So, what happened rewind. in the book? How did they get to the Arctic, Megan? What happened? You may ask. Well, it opens with a delicious dessert of a oh, plotline yes. that goes nowhere. But I wish had been more of a like B plot <laughs> where Marco gets asked out. By a girl in his class to a classical music concert. <laughs> right, like the, the symphony. The symphony is performing Beethoven's Third. And like, I have never seen a Seventh Heaven. I have never seen a Boy Meet World. I have never seen oh, these like middle school. This is... But this felt like this could easily have appeared on any one of those grand television shows. This pretty, like, this is a Boy Meets World episode. Good. Like, like... I, I can't say that it's an exact one, but this is exactly what would happen where, like, Corey would, like, some girl would be like, oh, Corey, you know what this music is? And Corey would be like, secretly in his head, I know it because my dad listens to it, but I'm going to tell her that I listen to it so I can go on a date. <laughs> and the, the date's not good because he doesn't like classical music. <laughs> Oh um, gosh! Not only does Marco not like it, he falls asleep in the middle oh, of it. He does. My sweet boy, I feel you deeply. I once fell asleep <laughs> at an Aziz Ansari live show, no! <laughs> and I loved Aziz Ansari. So that says a lot more about just my baseline sleepiness level than it does yeah. about my appreciation for his comedy because he's so funny, and I felt yeah. so bad. So what I'm saying in a roundabout <laughs> way is, I feel deeply for Marco in this situation. Yeah. I mean, the only time I fell asleep at a, an entertainment event was I went <laughs> to see Night at the Museum 2 during Mocha Fest one year. Oh, God. Well, that's already... A, you're going into that with, like, mm, yeah. empty empty something. Was, empty tank. Yeah, it was... Mocha is a comic festival in New York City, and I believe it was right after my school year had ended, no. and I was definitely rushing to finish a mini-comic. So I was up almost all night, and then the next day we were like, let's all go see a movie. And I sure did fall asleep a couple times. Oh, <laughs> so buddy. I still don't know what happens in the middle of Night the Museum 2, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sure we'll read about it in an Animorphs book someday. Um, yeah. I, I fall asleep with great regularity at movies, and anytime the lights are off and it's warm and I'm cozy and among friends, I'm just oh, unconscious. Yeah. That's just where my body goes. But you were That's about to say something. a nap zone. It is a nap zone, um, but I'm always in a nap zone. 
why aren't the Animorphs in a museum? That's a great question. That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, like, there's okay. I know the answer is animals that come to life. Could they acquire their DNA? Could they then be like Tasmanian devils? Okay, what's the answer to this? Well, we already know they can't acquire dead stuff because right. they would have been doing it all the time. So I guess like. Ka was like, "No, that's too easy. I have to make things more <laughs> difficult for my children." Oh. So you won't understand no. the horrors of war if you can just acquire roadkill tigers. I'm sorry. <sighs> I wish. Okay, but what if they came to life though? What? Yeah. If, what, are okay, they in this book? We learn that the Yerks have the technology to <laughs> Jurassic Park things, right? Like yeah. that's what they do with the ice aliens. We haven't explained a thing Actually, one about this book, but they I do. do have upcoming deep questions about morphing okay nice so we'll get to that and i will like there is no need to ask questions about how this technology works but i do have questions now listen we're here for that (laughs) so poor marco's date goes bad and i love that we know this because he's gossiping with cassie about it when their classroom is being cleared for asbestos, <laughs> which I can relate to because that happened in my middle school. No. They had to clear out asbestos. Oh, no. Um, we just didn't know. <laughs> we just didn't know. We're like, no. hey, kids, let's build your school with poison. Cool. Sounds great. You won't catch on fire, but you will die a slow death. And you know the worst part? It's fine as long as it doesn't come out. Like, it's like, right. oh, we you know this still... building has asbestos, but it's not falling out of the ceiling yet, mm-hmm. so, so until, whatever. So until you get struck by a very gentle meteor and your ceiling shakes just the right amount, you can just yeah. keep on learning right in there. So the, the, <laughs> I just like the the detail of them not having class because of asbestos and they're good. hanging out in the gym is like peak, like middle school, high school, like, yes, I remember when this happened There'd be some kind of minor problem with the school, and we'd just have to sit in the gym. And it was great. We didn't have to do math class nope. for 45 minutes. <laughs> it's the most beautiful escape you can ask. And I, I love that it's just more normal kid detail before yeah. this book goes completely off the rails. I am always charmed when, for a minute, they get to balance their horrible anamorph yeah. war with teen life. Yeah. And I also love like, that Marco and Cassie are the ones chatting about yes. his failed date. Bless. And then, like, it comes out very quickly when Cassie's like, oh, she wasn't your type. Like, you weren't her type anyway. Like, you had taste in music, but, like, you just weren't her type. And Marco, like, starts down this road of, like, worrying that this girl's a controller, which would have been such a cool plot line mm-hmm. if he spent, like, if the, it was drawn out. But I guess there was no space or time to have this plot line be a whole thing. Um, because Cassie's like, don't worry, we were all watching her. She's not a controller. <laughs> She's just, like, too good for you. <laughs> like, she likes <laughs> classical music. So, Marco, you struck out. Mm-hmm. And then Marco's like, all of you were watching this girl because I was going on a date with her, which is adorable. But also, man, these animorphs need a break. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> right. They had to spend three whole days on shifts, like, watching this poor middle school woman's, like, <laughs> life activities when they probably all knew that Marco was not going to have a long-term relationship with her anyway. Yeah. Its foundation but is I- built on lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was very cute that they rolled out this whole scheme yes. just to check out yeah, this girl for to, their friend. Just to make sure their friend wasn't going to get controlled. And what what <laughs> else do we need in life? I mean, to be fair, as soon as he said that she asked her, him out, I was like, she's a controller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were at the Did correct knew, level of paranoia. Is she new to this school? I don't think I would, like, knowing what I know about Marco, I don't think I would ever go. But it seems like he would like Beethoven. Like... <laughs> Uh, so There's a then... dude I can take to the symphony. 
And then um, our good friend Erica Chi shows up and delivers the plot of the book to our friends. Mm -hmm. Gift wrapped and everything. He comes up and he goes, I heard you needed a plot line for this book. (laughs) And do I have a mission for you? Oh boy, yes I do. And I joke about that, but I feel like a lot of this book is, there's a lot of instances where Marco is um, parent, like, what's the word? He's summarizing what someone else said by jokingly repeating it in his tone of voice, which is something right. we've kind of seen him do before. It's but like, like just magnified. Like exposition with, yeah. with jokery. That was rough. Yeah. I'm so Jokesta- sleepy. Jokesta- juxtaposition. Ju- juxtaposition? No, that's that's juxtaposition. Okay, I'm so tired. Please, please it's, continue. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> but um, I feel like it's like a lot of things in these books. The characters have some good moments, but also there's some character stuff that's like, when you read fan fiction, yes, and um, they've picked up on that one, wrong. yeah, but yeah. they picked up on that one speech pattern that a character did yeah. one time, or and that's the, the only way they know trait, how to yeah. write it. Yes, exactly. And it becomes like, oh, instead of this being a one-off joke that was funny because it wasn't the whole thing the character is about. In this book, there's like some things that are not wrong; they are part of the, the character's personalities that are like magnified. Yes. And it's weird. <laughs> right, right. When, when, you are, when your access to these books is only through the limited lens of what they choose to show on the page, it is like your yeah. telescope zooming in on the, not the wrong part, but just one yeah. part and we don't get to see yeah. the whole. So Marco, Marco, yeah. I also felt was all jokes in this book. And yeah. a couple of he times also... he like, oh, the seal had a mother and that made me sad about my mother. Yeah. Felt very oh, so bad to me. Yeah. Because but... the other thing is that this book has so much very heavy handed exposition, like, I think the the other books, they've gotten into a good groove of kind of weaving it in in a natural way and not having to exposit stuff that isn't relevant to the book. But in this one, it was clearly like Scholastic wants us to put in things so the kids know what's going on. You got to put in like these. And then they're just like, okay, well, (laughs) Marco's just going to like turn to the camera face, like eyes drilling into you going, hey, we're the Animorphs. Everything changed since we walked into that construction site and the aliens, like the Fire Nation, multiple yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Fire Nation attacked. Um, so it's like really clunky in a way that like the books have f- sort of like figured out a nice groove. And this poor writer, I don't even know if this writer, like, I don't know if they've read an Animorphs book. I don't know if they just got notes or what. Um, but sure is clunky. Yeah. And. But you got to get those kids to the ice somehow. Yeah. And the way here get them is there. by dog exposition. Yeah. Which has happened before. Yes. To be fair. Yes. Th- this is that's, kind of always. cheese entire purpose, <laughs> honestly. their whole thing. Yeah. Um, which is like, that's fair. You need to have a character who's like, we've been surveilling. Right. You need to, well, and... right, because they're teens. They literally cannot spy yeah. on the Yorks because they have to go yeah. through their teen lives. <laughs> so I'm very glad they have these dog spy helpers. I'm also more benevolently disposed towards Eric right now because he, like, puts in a little hologram and he's like, I'm going to give you your mission debrief. <laughs> but first, Marco, I heard this girl asked you out. <laughs> like, how, how did that terrible date oh, go? Oh, gosh, yes. Anyone who's as into gossip as I am, immediately <laughs> on board. Um, so he's like, hey, guys, uh, here's your mission if you choose to accept it. Mr. 3 has some kind of pasture he likes to eat. And then also the Yerks have a satellite that could maybe make all pools 
your pools, the Candrona rays will come down. Yeah, from don't it. don't worry about it. <laughs> Something question mark? Yeah, basically the Yurks are building a bad thing somewhere yeah, very far thing. away from people. The way for you to get to this bad thing is by stalking Visser Three's snack yeah. time and sneaking onto yeah. his ship because Visser yeah. Three is going to go visit the bad thing. So go destroy the bad yeah. thing, children. Sounds good. Yeah, cool. So. They're all like, cool, that's what we're doing in this book. <laughs> they all put on their little backpacks. But, and, and the chi are left behind because they don't know how long it'll take them to get to the bad yeah. thing. The chi are going to cover for them. Um, which, yeah, again, which... I wish we had gotten to see, like, <laughs> I was so charmed when Axe covered for Jake because we got those little hints of how it went awry. And there was a yeah. little bit of that in this book. But I wanted to see, yeah. like, Eric going to, like, take Homer Jake's dog for a walk. And, like, yeah. oh my God. everyone oh my hanging God. out with their families is always funny to me. Even just Eric after the point saying, like, Jake, we liked Homer. He was yeah, a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Homer can come visit us in dog heaven anytime he needs to. Like, give me that. Please. Yeah. I I feel like, I think this is a thing that happens in other books where the Chi hologram, hologram cover for them, which I'm still, Chi holograms still baffle me. Me too. Because um, I don't think, because I think Eric was covering for Marco. So he was there being Marco. I think that he had a couple others? of other people who were also physically present being the other kids. Yeah. But I don't know. So I don't know. They probably I mean, also just it's... got like a terrible dossier outline of like Rachel's yeah. point plot points. <laughs> blonde will fight you. That's it. Like, Go be Rachel. This, the same dossier that the person who wrote this book probably yes. got. They just put, pushed it into the book and they're like, here, you need to see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the page master portal opened yeah. and some stuff happened. It's fine. Um, I think this is a thing that use, is used in other books. Because, I mean, it's good because then the kids can go on an adventure that takes place for more than a day. Right. So, like, this is useful to have established. But I definitely, as, when it first happened, I was like, did the ghostwriter just run out of excuses for the kids to, <laughs> like, I don't know about... Okay. So, anyway, it's fine. Don't worry about it. They go watch Mr. Three Frolic in a Meadow. Oh. Um, they do some, they turn... some convoluted sneaking, which involves turning into flies and trying to land on Visser 3 to stow away on board the <laughs> ship. A major plot point um, oh, is that Visser 3 almost squishes Marco the fly, yeah. but Marco gets away because Visser 3 had to scratch his little Andalite butt. Yeah. Whole host and of he... questions there. Just not going to oh, get boy. into them, though. Also, Visser 3 starts, like, he, like, he's like, oh, these stupid parasites. Which I'm like, so does he always have, like, does he have fleas? Has he gotten, th- has, has Axe had to go through this? Like, our poor, poor Andalites. Right, we know Tobias has fleas, so I'm going to assume Axe also That's has true. some kind of earth parasites going on. No fun. I'm very sorry. Also, we learn that Vista 3 is kind of stinky because yes. when they're flies, they're like, we are weirdly attracted to the scent of Vista 3 <laughs> because he is so stinky. <laughs> That when we're flies, it's just, like, delicious. I was just like, I hate no. everything about this. <laughs> I hate everything about both both the fact that yeah. they like it when they're flies and the fact that he's stinky. Yep. I don't like either part of no, that. No, it's <laughs> funny when it's because of the skunk. It's not fun in this scenario. No. This was, like, the part where all the jokes were, like, um, uh, the... DreamWorks trailer level. Oh, of like, God, yes. He has to scratch his butt. Yeah, no, I can see this in <laughs> terrible 3D slow motion CG, right? Yeah. Like, you can see, like, a hand descending. You can envision yeah. a hand descending. Yeah, the hand descending right. and Marco's the fly is flinching and then the, the screen freezes. Record scratch sound. Right. 
You may be wondering how, how I, I got, got into, into this situation. situation. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a uh, Bugs Life 3. Bugs Life 3. Alien attacks. Oh, Bugs Life 3. Butts Life? Question mark? <laughs> you know what? We never did think, what's life like for butts? <laughs> <laughs> like, as a kid, I always wondered... When you aren't looking at your butt, what is it doing? Megan, what I can't tell life? if you're still in the joke. <laughs> I'm so tired. Oh, buddy. We're both oh, buddy. not yeah. holding it together. <laughs> okay, Ooh, so. Much they... like these poor children <laughs> who struggle immensely to make it, so, but they eventually make it onto the bug fighter. They're like on Visser 3's Tommy. Yeah, they're like on his like big horse tummy yeah. so i guess they whatever Megan, they could have solved the nipple conundrum for us if God. only they had bothered to count and yet no <sighs> if only they had done a quick recon yeah sorry get your priorities um, in order i know you have to go suffer through ice death but first please well they're on him he goes on the bug ship don't worry he's on the bug ship and they're on the bug ship mm-hmm. and then axe is like oh this seems like it'll take longer than we thought. Right. It may take three hours. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to have to demorph. Um, so the, and then they're just like... They go through a whole rigmarole where Axe pretends to be Visser 3 and Thought Speak to get some hork to come to Visser 3's personal room door. They do get to be yeah, in Visser 3's room for a second. Yeah. Right. Okay, I have a lot of questions about this whole maneuver because I too. could not make heads or tails Me of it. Me neither. Because, okay, they're, they're literally on Visser 3. Yep. And Axe is broadcasting, I'm assuming, to everyone, because he doesn't know that they're Hork-Bajir, but he, I guess he's only thought speaking at the Hork-Bajir, because he's yelling like, I'm Visser 3, which, I, how do you imitate someone's thought speak voice? Right. Do you, do you acquire an evil aura temporarily? Was Axe evil yeah. for a portion of this book? Like, I Axe, will never know. Axe isn't related to Visser 3. How similar could their voices be? Or do all Andalites have similar voices? Do they have, like, an Andalite accent? Like... Anyway, they get Hork Bajir to come, and then they get sliced up by Visser 3 because he's super mad. And it's like he's a video mad, game level. Right, that they interrupted <laughs> him admiring his torture devices yeah. that are hung on the walls of his room. Yeah. Which, again, this is like Alucard decoration. Like, yeah. some Castlevania level of, like, how do we show this guy is bad? Well, he's got an Iron Maiden in his room, so hey. Yeah, he literally has, okay, the, no chair. Yep. No chair because yep. he can't sit. He's got a computer console and then just a bunch of torture devices hung up on the wall. With I, I don't know if he had to go to, like, Space Ikea to get the fixings <laughs> to put those up there. Oh, and he's God. got, like, an Iron Maiden, which I'm pretty sure those are very large. They are. Because a human you body to has human to fit inside them. Yeah. You know he sent um, Chapman with, like, a terrible, like, <laughs> chicken scratch list that he had to interpret. He's like, like, he's please. ordered a 12 by 12 frame, but I don't know if he wants cherry wood or walnut, and I don't want to die because I got the wrong thing Let's- from Ikea. He wants a ceiling hook that can hold a uh, couple hundred He's written here a man-sized good feel thing, and I don't yeah. think any of that is correct. I don't like it. No. Um, so he, that's his decorating sense, which I'm disappointed there weren't, like, zoo books, posters of, <gasps> of tigers. tigers. But oh, man. Maybe that's, like, his other room. Maybe he has, like, a chill room. <sighs> right. This no, is his, that's, like, that's his private zoo. We've already dis- yeah. discussed and this decided that, office. right? Yeah. He's got to keep it profesh for the, yeah. the Hork-Bajir visitors who don't understand the beauty of tigers. Yeah, he, he looks at the Hork-Bajir and he's like, got to make them comfortable. Mm-hmm. I got to have some, some blades, blades Some pointy bits, some spikelets. They like blades. I like, 
I guess it, I guess he he doesn't even need weapons to <laughs> Hellblade. We've never seen does he even use a Dracon? Oh, whatever. Anyway, God. the concept is good, so whatever. Right. So so then he cuts up all the Herc Bajir and he's mad. So he leaves so the Animorphs can morph and demorph and remorph. And then he comes back and he knows the Animorphs are on the ship. And fight happens. Yes. And anyway, they get off the ship. Oh, no, they're not off the ship. They get yet, caught. They, go they into run a into a storage room. Right. <laughs> and they're surrounded by, like, again, Jurassic Park frozen in amber, mysterious, yeah. shadowy creatures. Except it's also like a they're giant cold. tube. Right. A cold, and, it's and an also, ice pop. It's an ice yeah, pop with a person yeah. in it. Free them, but don't. Free them, but don't. Yeah. Because, um,. Visitor 3 is talking to his cronies, and he was like, oh, the Venbar, blah, 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 blah. And Axe is like, did he say <laughs> Venbar? <laughs> um, and, and they're like, what, what are you talking about? And Axe is like, don't worry, it probably won't happen in this book. <laughs> and of course it's it happens in this book. Chekhov's Axe misunderstanding. <laughs> yes. Clearly it's going like, to happen in this book. One of the few things Axe actually remembers learning in school right. is about the Venbar, which are in these popsicle tubes. And apparently they're like a... An extinct alien race that were, like, primitive, but good. Like, they were smart or not smart. But also, they maybe the Andalites killed them all, right? Yeah. Because later Un- he's talking about their military implied. history. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, the Venbar were very cruel. The Andalites met them at one point, and nobody knows what happened to the Venbar, but the Andalites were a different people then. Yeah. Which is real shady. And also he's like, oh, the Five found the Venbar. Right. Oh, right. Like, who is this? Is this an... Another villain I need to keep track of. Yeah. Along with Cryak, I am not sure I can hold them in my head at once. Yeah. I mean, I firmly believe at least one of the five was an Andalite because, come on, at least one of them. But I don't know if they were Elemists or Cryaks or I don't know. I guess we might find out or we might never find out. (laughs) (laughs) That's the magic. Sometimes you plant seeds to sow them later. Sometimes you plant seeds because you need to fill space. That's how writing works. You know what? I respect that. Sometimes you just gotta throw it out there. You in just case. gotta. You can't let a field lie fallow because then you'd have an empty book. So instead, yeah. you're just like, "Hey, someday I'm gonna need a villain. And I'm gonna look back to Ghostwritten Book Number One and be yeah. like, the five. Here we go. Yeah, the five. Yeah. So they're and they have to be kept real cold because much like a real popsicle, <laughs> they get warm, they melt. And Literally, much like a real popsicle, if you touch up them, melt. you die. <laughs> yeah. Um, much like a Christmas story lamppost you will in fact shatter if you try to lick them so please don't once again yet another alien that you cannot yeah no kissing no kissing allowed there's there's no cute aliens except for andalites it's unfortunate so so in the giant walk-in freezer is keeping this (laughs) Venn bar Venn diagram um the Animorphs are like, look at that thing. He seems to not want it to be broken. Let's break so, it. So, yeah. So to distract him, I guess, they, like, Rachel just starts wailing on it with her big bear arms because she, she morphs a bear and she hits it with a bear arm. And then Axe is doing something with the computer thing. Yeah. Axe and, and Mark anyway, are trying to open the pod bay doors, Hal, because they've landed on the planet now. They're yeah. back on Earth. They didn't go too yeah. far in their spaceship. Apparently, yeah, because it was like they had to go through the atmosphere to go back down to Earth wherever this space is. And Axe is like, well, it would have taken less of your Earth minutes if we had just gone to the moon like you guys are joking about. Because, like, Axe's thing in this book is that 
it's like it's canon now that whenever he says Earth minutes, he's messing with them. Right. Or your Earth Which minutes. Which I appreciate. Yeah, me too. But I think the exact wording of Marco in narration going, I swear when he said your minutes, he was like Doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That is verbatim said two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's Axe's thing. Marco's but thing I, is the joke. I do... I do like that this is confirmed. So. Yeah, no, he has he has a sense of humor. He just deploys yeah. it strategically. Yeah. I mean, you got to do something to keep yourself entertained when you're stuck on a planet that is not your own, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Oh, man. Oh, baby. So they, they, they fall onto the place where the base is. They're away from Visser 3. Yeah. And Rachel very, loses a leg. They, like, yeah. break open the Venber, and that's when they learn that they're poison frozen mist they'll yeah. kill you i thought it was like it's like um, um dry ice yes exactly like, so cold it's so cold so that cold. you immediately freeze and are brittle enough yeah. to shatter like rachel's bare leg which i can yeah because not enjoy reading and she has to save cassie and so she's doing it to save cassie yeah. the leg gets broken off yeah it's so gross um and then they're outside and it's cold outside too and they're like there's constantly descriptions of them like being like the ground being so cold that like they like oh god yeah their skin sticks to it's bad bad news (laughs) (laughs) so oh again uh, why don't can we just cut can we just say go read the parts of white fang where he's a very cold wolf (laughs) like struggling to survive with his mama wolf and then like that's this part of the book because it's what they do is they nearly freeze to death they have to dig a snow shelter they don't like quite go full hoth planet cut open your own tauntaun and snuggle inside its dead tummy but it's not pleasant they do i do like that um axe and tobias don't have oh yeah the wolf morphs can kind of deal with the cold not not great but it's better than nothing and then axe and tobias just more fleas and hang out um, on, like, various wolf morph people. Yep. Well, was your morphing question about eating? Oh, no. Oh. It was about, uh, seal babies. Oh, no. Oh. Um, Are we... We're almost there, right? Like, the... Yeah, the Irks, we're The Irks send some Venber after them, so then they're running around the Arctic as yeah. wolves and fleas, yeah. trying to escape the Venber and also find the base with the bad yeah, the thing Benny that Hill they have music to destroy. Yeah, the Benny Hill music is Freezing to death. <laughs> yeah, so they're like running around and they like try not to freeze to death and they like I guess they sleep in a little ice cave which is kind of cute but also bad because they're like almost dying. Mm-hmm. And there's like narration that is I think supposed to be kind of deep about like oh when we remorph and demorph we have to like snuggle up with each other and it reminds me of some ancestral human thing where we had to snuggle together in the Mm -hmm. cold but it doesn't really work the way that sometimes these asides work right which again go back and read you can go read the jungle book when they talk about morphing adorable monkeys and having questionably accurate ancestral memories of swinging through trees that did this better i think yeah go read white fang then read the jungles (laughs) um so anyway the next day they look out and there's a polar bear just hanging out doing this polar bear thing and it, like, catches a seal and eats it, um, well, eats part of it, and then leaves the rest and, like, sort of lumbers off. And obviously they're like, we can't, we can't fight a polar bear because we're all weak and dying, but we could go eat that seal. So they all go over, and, like, there's this weird part where everyone is sort of, like, waiting for Cassie to give them the okay, mm-hmm. and she, like, snaps at them. 
which felt weird to me, but also I guess if I was Cassie, I would get sick of everyone waiting for me to give them the okay to do animal stuff. I kind of liked the reason that she snapped, although I agree yeah. this was like a strong read of like, hey, everyone's exhausted. I get snappish when I'm hangry too. Yeah. Um, I like that she's angry because they're all kind of assuming that her worldview is too simple and less yeah. subtle than it actually is. Like they're all waiting for her to give the okay because they're coming from a place of like, ooh, is Cassie really fine with us yeah. eating an animal? And Cassie's like, guys, we're gonna die if we don't. Like, I, I thought you knew this about me by now, that I'm not just, like, we can never harm anyone, yeah. but that I have a more sophisticated view of the world that's been, like, her whole character arc so far. Yeah. It, well, I mean, I was just like, I feel like at least a couple of the Animorphs know this about her. Yeah, okay, but... yeah, that's totally fair, too, is I also was surprised that all of them were like, what do you think, Cassie, can we do it? Yeah. Because I'm like, I feel like, like, Tobias kind of knows that Cassie's, like, she understands right. nature. They've, they've had their predator understanding already. They yeah. also had a whole book about this. But I mean, I guess if I was freezing cold and all my friends were like, hey, is it okay if we eat? I'd be like, yes, we can eat it. Let me have some steel. <laughs> no. I want a snack so bad. Just give me a snack. Mm. And it turns out Axe and Tobias don't need a snack because they've been snacking on wolf blood. Yep. Which, fair enough. I mean, what did, what did the other, what do the Atomorphs care, I guess? Um, although it's kind of weird anyway there's so a really the really awfully gross description of the bear pulling the seal pup out of the ice yes yeah, super gross stuck with me as like one of the the harshest descriptions of gore i've read so yeah. far and it doesn't even i think because it's so vague my brain just filled in all the details oh, yeah. in a terrible terrible way i don't oh, want to yeah. repeat it it's yucky no it's very bad yeah. um so they eat, eat they eat and they're happy because mm-hmm. they got to eat um, and then they see, like, it's, like, I guess a harbor seal, um, and they can see, like, it's little babies floating in the ice, because this is, like, the mama seal, and, and, like, Marco exposits really badly, like, my mother yeah. was also missing, mm-hmm. and I feel things with the seal babies. My emotions are happening in my body. Yeah. Me, Marco, this character that you like, here is something you may remember about me. Mm-hmm. Um, right, this but, is, this is, like, a robot wearing a Marco suit. And yeah. it only has a couple of modes to play with. And Much one of like them Eric is Mention the Mother. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it goes all the way down, Megan. It was so deep this whole time. I wonder if this is some kind of meta joke. Is it the book where the she are imitating the animals? Is, is the, the Ghost Raiders? With... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was uncharitably assuming this whole time that um, not just schedule-wise, but also because Kay Applegate and Michael Grant looked at this plot outline and were like, we'll, we'll, how we'll much can we do with this on one? this one. Yeah, we've got like, a great uh, plot for you to try out. Just go with this one. It's yeah. not plot important. So they, they were like, oh, sweet, we can morph these baby seals and not feel like we're freezing to death every 10 minutes. So um, they go through like a goofy sequence where they morph dolphins to get to the seals to bring the seals onto land so they can all morph the seal. There's an adorable moment where they're holding a little like rotund baby seal and Tobias touches it with his little bird foot. Um, and then they morph the baby seal. My question is, okay, when they acquire DNA, they acquire DNA. Mm-hmm. If it's a snake that got de-poisoned, de- they get the poison because it's the DNA. Sure. How come... Does DNA know how old you are? Because they morph a baby seal and they're babies. Ooh. Um, well, what's up? Well, so far, when Tobias acquired his baby self, like, he's always going to be his baby self when he morphs that, right? Ooh. Also, there's something about telomeres that, like, as their tails That's shrink, true. that actually is a marker for cellular aging. But That's I don't know. True. This is way too science for these books, is I don't yeah. want to be like, I don't think cellular aging through telomeres is indicated yeah. and kept 
just in stasis in your DNA because that's not how any of it works. Yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to be confused by it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that this is just me. Yeah. But I did have a moment of like, oh, are they going to end up being like teenage seals? Teen seals. (laughs) Oh, no. That's, I don't want to follow that BoJack Horseman storyline. Um, there's definitely, because when Cassie Morse, the mama skunk, she's the mama skunk and not the baby yeah. skunk. So I think within book logic, it works. And I'm not yeah. willing to make bets oh, beyond yeah. that. Yeah, I don't think it was a mis- Like, I don't think it was a mistake or anything. I'm just like, oh, I don't know if they considered. I don't think right. when they came up with the morphing tech that they were like, oh, here are the rules on this. Right. Because it doesn't matter. But then, like, could but- they go back and acquire, like, if someone acquired, like, Jerahami as a baby, and then they went back and acquired Jerahami again as an adult. Does that overwrite the child's yeah. acquisition, or do you, do you then you have can... like a kid morph and a grown up morph? Yeah, great for sneaking into movie theaters. In my fan fiction, yeah. <laughs> um, when in my my fan fiction, animorph babies. Oh where my they god, all morph their babies. Oh no, and have baby adventures like the Rugrats and like the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah. Um, then I'll, I'll really explore this in detail. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Stay tuned. They, so they acquire seals and they're finally warm, these poor children who've been constantly, they're like... They're so cold. Like, the, the cold descriptions got really repetitive, so it, like, was less impactful mm-hmm. to me than it could have been. But these poor kids are constantly getting, like, stuck to the ice. Yeah, and, and just freezing noses, to death slowly. Yeah. yeah. Not being able to feel their ears. Like, Marco earlier when he was a gorilla was, like going into hypothermia mm-hmm. um and they had to tell him to morph a wolf so it's bad news and they're finally warm and they're swimming around and then <laughs> then an orca shows up and tries to eat them cool again this is the plot engine is the orca whale it's like they yeah. needed a reason to speed north towards the base so ch- yeah. have a whale chase them it's fine yeah like the video game level where it's like oh you're not supposed to go past this barrier so let's put a thing <laughs> right it's either um, going to be a knee-high fence or it's an orca <laughs> whale yeah so so they can't swim for too long. They don't really want to swim for too long anyway. And they, they like, fumble onto land, and the orca's still getting them. They manage to get away, and they demorph. And then there's a guy hanging out mm-hmm. in a boat nearby who saw them demorph. And they're like, oh, hey. And he's like, hey, are you animal spirits? And this is the part that we were rambling about earlier, yes. where Derek, the Inuit teen, mm-hmm. because he's supposed to be not that much older than Marco, um, is out, and I guess, like, he's trying to catch seals also. He's he's kind of um, on a hunting trip. Um, the village that he yeah. comes from is a couple of days away, which is why he's the only person out here. He's also, mm, he's mm, friends with the polar bear? Yeah. He has I known know, like, the polar bear, and again, my voice is me indicating, like, yeah. I'm, I'm very hesitant about this part of the plot line. Like, I am, I don't know that much about... Like, how Inuit people live up, yeah. like, they, they figure out that they're up in, like, way northern, um, like, near the North Like, past Pole, the Yukon, like, yeah, up near the Arctic Circle. Yeah. And I am also embarrassingly ignorant of what modern-day yeah. Inuit life is like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess if I was living up there, I would pay attention to where the polar bear is. Sure. And be respectful of it, because it's a giant animal. So, like, that part, I'm like, yeah, it tracks that, like, and I know, like, there's, like, in like art made by people up there there's a lot of like imagery of like animals and stuff so like yeah he would be like paying attention to this polar bear and like being respectful of it and like keep like that makes sense to me (laughs) but the weird thing where it's like oh i can bring you to the polar bear is a little off 
to me. Yeah. What do I? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was that that coupled with the the repetition of animal spirits, animal spirits as a solution yeah. for everything was what raised yeah. some flags. I also thought at first that he was kind of um, messing with them a little. Yeah. Like, I mean, I thought like maybe he was like, oh, I've watched Star Trek because he does he does name drop Star Trek, which is kind of cool that right. he and he and Marco kind of like bond about that. So at first I was like, oh, so does he kind of like get what's going on, but he's kind of like joking Mm -hmm. but then it was like no but it's also like he does come across as like unlike i think the the book where they're in the amazon the native people i guess they were they weren't written to they were written as like being not dumb Mm -hmm. just sort of like oh they have a different way of thinking about things but like this guy is like not written like he's i just have a lot of (laughs) yeah no again there are parts of it that i liked i liked that because there's not a language barrier marco and Derek can kind of reach a a set of common points like they both are star trek nerds and it's nice that they have this point of connection and they're also in this terrible situation there were definitely aspects of this that i liked and he's like they're talking to him like like they're they're equals and that they both don't like this base that is there that's run by the yurks right so they have a shared interest yeah yeah so when they're like hey i know we're these weird morphing people um, but we want to get rid of that base, and the guy's like, oh, okay, well, I don't like it either. They're screwing over our, like, little village, so if you need me to do something to help you out with that, alien people, like, that's cool. Um, it's just the weird thing where he's literally only there to say, are you spirits? Yeah. And then, let me bring you to the bear. <laughs> it's a little weird to me. Um, but, yeah, so this bear, like, which earlier when it was walking around, I was like, that's on the book cover. They're going to acquire that later. <laughs> um, they, they he, like, brings them to the bear, and they, like, wrestle it. Yeah, Rachel, Rachel like, is really excited to get to be a grizzly bear and fight this polar bear, which I did enjoy. I Like, Cassie info dumps, like, whatever the writer of this book read about um, polar bears before writing this book where where she's like oh they're the largest living land predator and, and rachel's like oh, i could take that <laughs> and cassie's like technically a grizzly isn't predator they're like an, they're omnivores so check and make right. rachel <laughs> i've seen you eat um, a berry rachel watch yourself yeah. um oh. which was that was very cute yeah so they like <laughs> marco and rachel manhandle this bear so everyone can acquire it gorilla handle grizzly handle yeah take your pick Oh, man. I did, like, earlier in this book, um, Marco describes his hand as, as, as like, a a ham, like a tin tin (laughs) ham fist or something. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, I forgot to say that this book does include a sentence, which I think is one of the most beautiful sentences ever written. Sploot, suddenly fingers. (laughs) (laughs) No! Oh, God, no. That's like the tagline of oh, Bugs Life 3 that we super yes. don't want to watch. Sploot! Suddenly <laughs> fingers. Um, oh. <laughs> anyway, they acquire the bear, and they morph the bear, and it's great being a polar bear, mm-hmm. which I would have guessed. Yeah, they're cozy. Fun. Like, being a seal was okay. They weren't cold, but yeah. now they're cozy. Now they're the rulers of the ice. Yeah. The ice rulers. Polar bears don't have to eat for weeks. They just eat for fun and roll around Same, on the ice. Same, though. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Sounds ideal, mm-hmm. personally. Um, so they're just wandering around, and they're like, okay, the Venbar are on this base where the Yurks are doing something bad. And and they've seen Venbar walking around, and, and Axe has been ominously going, well, the Yurks can't, con- like, they can't infest the Venbar because they're too cold. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so they must be controlling them another way. They can't fit their um, slug jackets into the Venbar yeah. ears. And Axe was also like, oh, by the way, um, in order to revive the Venbar, they probably had to splice them with human DNA. So that's going to be weird for you. Yep. <laughs> but that ends up not really being important in this book. But I, but it spoiler, is going to be important for the Night at the Museum sequel we've discussed yeah. where they resurrect all the taxidermied yeah. animals with spliced frogs. Also, the, like, Pixar animated short in which the two Venbar who escaped the yes! end of this book yes. probably um, get mistaken for the abominable snowman, mm-hmm. as Tobias jokingly says in a joke that doesn't quite land for me. No, but that is um, my favorite uh, claymation Christmas special, yeah. so I am yeah. into that. Oh, oh, the Venbar. Venbar the Red Nose. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Or it yeah, could be equal, uh, equal opportunity, the Venbar who saved Hanukkah. Sure. The Venbar who saved Candle Knights. Oh. I think it is the Candle Knights Venbar because all you gotta yeah. do is just that feels uh, right to me. put them near a candle and their dis- dissolving mist turns into oh. rainbows. Yeah, they should not go near a candle. Mm. Not near Hanukkah candles. No, near no menorahs. Kwanzaa. Yeah. No. no. Oh, oh my god, their lives Venbar. must be so cold and dark all the time. Yeah. And they have, like, extra arms and, like, ski feet. They've got some stuff happening. <sighs> I do not understand. Yeah. Like, I like was kind of envisioning, alien. like, a loose collection of triangle polygons, like, maybe glued together at the bits. <laughs> but I think you're right. There's some wedge feet. There's a lot more limbs than my uh, my gestalt mental image had allowed for. My mental image is definitely, like, an action figure with a shark head stuck on it. Oh, street and sharks. Then, I love street sharks. Yeah. And then I kept being reminded, like, oh, they have extra arms. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have got ski feet. Um, <laughs> so you got to get, like, one of those real serious Lego sets. Where you can yeah. just keep on pulling the shark head up. This is a minifig where you've stacked seven torsos on. If they had Animorphs minifigs, oh I God. would be bankrupt. Yeah, I would make you and Honey just take me to Target and I would never leave until I had caught them yeah. all. Leave your children here. We will feel every package. <laughs> now In this we, are, we are. This is like the nerdiest uh tangent yeah. i've ever gone yeah, on but you guys are expert minifig finders you're very good at that specific skill set i was trying to find a minifig yesterday at my local grocery store and my dad batmans? oh no not yet okay okay that, i'm really excited about the batmans my dad like walked past me and he was like oh those again <laughs> And my dad is a nerd, too. Oh, man. Listen, everybody's a nerd for something. We just all have different spheres of nerdery. Everybody's got their nerd thing. It's beautiful. Anyway, so they're polar bears. Right. And the Venbar can echolocate. Um, And, oh, the other thing I went down to Google thing on this book was when they're seals, they're echolocating. And I was like, that seems not right. And I Googled it. And apparently... In the 80s, there was some kind of study where they thought that um, harbor seals could echolocate. But really? now, But now they've done more, I guess, research. And now it's like we've discovered, like, no, it's that their um, whiskers can feel vibrations of fish or oh, something. Oh, that's so or, like, cool. There's thermal vibrations. So it's not quite echolocation. But when this book was written, that probably was, like, the new thing that people were researching right the 1999 encyclopedia britannica definitely said seals can echolocate yeah so i thought that was interesting but anyway the venbar can definitely echolocate and that's how they see um because that's what like when the animorphs had their earlier like oh we gotta run away from the venbar it was because the venbar like turned their little shark heads and Mm -hmm. were like there's a thing we have to attack it oh they probably Um, don't have eyes right like there's there's no way you have like a fluid membrane in a negative so many degrees thing 
I thought they did, but I also have no reason for thinking that. Because it's scary, and they're very scary yeah. creatures. Um, so the, their solution to get past the Venbar into the base is to walk in a single oh, God. line. <laughs> and this works. But I think the thing is, when they get to the very close to the Venbar, the Venbar have no um, reaction because, as we find out, they've been programmed to do their other tasks. So I think the only reason this works is because the Venbar aren't looking for them. Yeah. Like, they aren't on guard. <laughs> they didn't have to do this pretty polar funny. bear ballet, but I'm glad yeah. that they did. Um, so they walk straight up to the base. Again, the Venbar are not the problem. What's the problem is there are also humans on the base who can figure out that, hey, six polar bears walking in a line is maybe a little <laughs> suspicious. We should and, maybe attack them. And um, they raise the alarm. And by that I mean a human controller woman goes... Alarm! Alarm! <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a good detail. Which is the weirdest thing. <laughs> um, so they're in the base and Venbar attack them. Yeah, somebody repro. This is when we learned that the Venbar yeah. are programmable. She take- yeah, takes out a literal remote control right. and reprograms them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I thought it was going to f- be a plot point that they were reprogrammed to target any quadruped. Like, I thought Viserie was going to show right. up, and they were going to have to smash, like, smash the remote control so V three doesn't die. Oh, but that's so smart. No, no, it's like they're fighting, and then they crash through a wall where the, I guess the bug fighter was housed, and it's warm in there, so the Venbar melt immediately, which is horrific. Yeah. Um, and uh, they just keep coming because they've been programmed to go after the Animorphs, and they all melt. Yep. And that's and, how they win that fight. Yeah. So they and all... the Animorphs get on the bug ship. And... They blow they up completely... the other ship. They, like, <laughs> blow out... Blow up each individual unit of building, yeah. being very careful careful to let the humans in them escape. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very Jake cold. Had... I don't know if they will yeah. survive, but at least they didn't die yeah. in that fire. Yeah. And then Jake has to, like, tell Marco which buildings... <laughs> to zap oh yeah this is a video game level um but they to get i guess it's probably fun to shoot buildings from a bug ship and then they take three days to get home oh yeah be, the, uh, <laughs> the, like the bug fighter blows up somehow because it was getting chased so they all have to fly down as birds and then because they're so far yeah. north they like hitchhike and fly as birds their way home and that is that's Which the is book very i want that yeah just completely elided three-day journey is exactly the incredible one that yeah. I am after. Like their little homeward bound yeah. <laughs> journey. Yeah. And then they get home and like the capper to the book is like, oh, Eric cleaned up Marco's room when he was trying to be Marco and Marco likes being warm now. Yeah. <laughs> Marco <laughs> takes many warm, long showers and Marco scoffs at his father's invitation to go get ice cream. <laughs> and that's that. that's it. <laughs> that's yep. like it yeah that's, that's pretty much all i got too again there were parts of this that i super enjoyed and i definitely understand like the circumstances that made this book be how this book is yeah oh the one remaining thing is in this book they mentioned taco bell like five times oh my god they do um, and they do in previous <gasps> books they kept mentioning it by name is and i thought it the first same time as the uh I believe, I believe this was the time when there were Animorphs toys at, at uh, Taco Bell. And because oh, at boy. first I had assumed like, oh, that's because Taco Bell was popular in the night, like in the late nineties, early thousands, like that, that like Chihuahua was everywhere. Sure. Like, I think I had never even been to a Taco Bell, but I had seen a Taco Bell ad on TV. 
but no, I'm pretty sure this is when they were Animorphs toys at Taco Bell because the show had just come out. This is some very clever cross promotion. <laughs> um, you, we should post those toy ads that you found yes. in the Facebook group because they are horrifying. They're very good. Yeah. Well, good. Right. And by that, I mean they're terrifying. Right, right. They're good they're in the sense that I enjoyed looking at them and wondering what human child would walk into a Taco Bell and say, yes, I want a brain snow globe. Give me that yeah. one. Give me the please. one that looks like a slug, please, with my delicious meal. Please give me the toy that is a claw holding a disc oh, that's God. a clock. Right. <laughs> you know. As Please, you do. Mama, we'll play with it I on want the schoolyard. I love the toy oh, that is a claw holding I a love disc to play that is a games. clock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. The other children make fun of me because I do not yet have the claw clock toy. And I want ever so badly to fit in in the schoolyard. And then again, they did have toys where it was the Animorphs and they morphed. But, oh, but that you was gotta, like you, you gotta no. But those were like you have a little plastic action figure, and then you stick a plastic thing on top of them. <laughs> so then there's something else, right? Right. That's like you. That's like a human's. Like that's like a furry, right? Like you just put on a costume and yeah. you've morphed. But it, or for just action like, figures, or just like an object permanence test. Right. Of like where's you remember this action figure? Now she's this right. thing. No, you don't. <laughs> No, you don't. She's definitely put, not there. <laughs> we put the plastic thing over it. My favorite of these Taco Bell toys um, was the one that is just a, a plastic, a clear plastic bird with a small oh, plastic, God. With like a neon tiny, yellow plastic yeah, boy inside. Free him, please. He's trapped. <laughs> Here's this art piece of yeah. what Tobias's soul is. <laughs> Oh, Enjoy God. playing with it. Right. I was going to hand this in for my like 3D Design 101 final, but instead, <laughs> I'm going to make those big bird bucks with my bird toy. Oof. How so, are you doing, buddy? Are you you tired, too? I'm a little sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> We're both like ready to just like pull up the covers. I and am. Take an- I want to go be in my nest again. I was in my oh, nest man, all day I- yesterday. It was really nice. I'm literally working out if I have time to nap before I leave my house. There's which is always time to be nap. good. There's yeah. always time to nap. You can just get a 20 minute in, <laughs> then you get up and have some coffee, and then you're very awake. Like, I do feel like I need to apologize every episode because I think I start off every episode really sleepy. Oh. Because it is nice that we record early. I'm very glad we do because it gets my day started off right. But I'm so sleepy. <laughs> I would I would like to point out that we do record at 10 a.m., 10.30 yeah. a.m., and that's, that's not the earliest time that there is. But we have different – we just have no. different sleep schedules, I think. I'm, so this – yeah. Yeah. Relative <laughs> earliness is something I want to be better about respecting because it's very true. Like when your sleep schedule is late, then that's hella early. Oh, no. I – it's good for me. It's good because then I like – I have like a good anamorph start to my day mm-hmm. and like I'm like pumped up about like writing – Things. Yeah, yeah, no, in a weird way, it is. It's like exciting to look at a book and think about which parts of it you like and which parts yeah. of it you could do, you could learn from. Yeah, because like I said, parts of this one were good. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some stuff where I was like, I could see the concept would be good. And like, some of the, there were some good lines that were like there, but then, ooh, some of it didn't work. Yeah. And, it was like bugging me trying to figure out what what it was. So I was like, it might just be that I know it's ghost written, and that's why I'm being so harsh on it. But I don't know. It's hard to separate. I don't know. I don't know. This poor Venbar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not a great situation for them. Oh, yeah. 
the thing that like we forgot to mention is when the five found them and started hunting them and melting them down to be turned oh into my computers. God. Right, right. Compu- <laughs> not even computers to cool their existing computers. Yeah. Like they were computer coolant they, was their ultimate fate. That's so messed that's up. That's so bad. That's, that's so, messed so up. bad. You were computer coolant for a super villain species. Like, cool, how's your life doing? Not so great, thanks. Like Thanks for that, just that quiet, like... Quiet reminder that space is hell. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> There's a thing with the taxon, too, that was bad. Oh, was there a taxon? Oh, right, when they're, like, in the... Um, when they're in Visser 3's blade ship. Yeah, definitely a taxon eats half of itself because it's cut in half, and the half with the mouth parts is like, well, that looks delicious. That definitely wasn't just attached to me. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> My least favorite thing why. really was the seal in the ice, and I don't want to say any more about it than that. Yeah. I don't know why I felt the need to make you remember that taxon bit. I think I just had to share yeah. that horrible no, no, no. mental image. Yeah, misery, company, that whole deal. Ooh. Okay. Um, so we realized that after this, we have another TV block, so that's going to be a nice breather. Yes. I. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, honestly. I, I don't remember which plots are in these episodes i think mm-hmm. it's 9 10 and 11 are the episodes of the television show animorphs yeah. that we are going to put into our faces which i i wish netflix would put back up me too but we can we'll find them it. we got ways uh amazon video is one of those ways yeah. i think yeah yeah i believe it's still on amazon video it's probably on some other formats um yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And then I think the book after this is not ghostwritten. I think yes. there's one or two in between. Like, there's a stretch where it's all ghostwritten and we're not quite there yet. Yeah. So I think I think there's only one, one more. Was... I think the next one is the last non-ghostwritten Ooh, book until, like, the end of the series. But that that's not Ooh, entirely boy. true because, yeah. like, the Megamorphs and the Chronicles are all yeah. K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if how how that goes yeah um, and i really the more we read the ghostwritten books the more i want to talk to a ghostwriter and like look yeah. at an outline and figure out like how does this happen so if you're out there talk to us yeah because i feel like i feel like if you have to write more that ghostwrite more than one of these books you would start to get a feel for the characters right. and kind of have your own take on them so they might feel a little different but they would at least feel more like a three-dimensional character instead of like okay i have to imitate the existing mannerisms yeah yeah which is fair because it's how what it, else can it do? goes yeah um so yeah i don't know it's not it's uh, like i think i think we went into this going like it's gonna be terrible mm-hmm. and this book was not great but i'm gonna try to be optimistic Me too. i want i want to believe yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah now i'm gonna hang that poster up with my area f- 47? Yeah. Oh, zone 49? Zone, 40, zone 91? Zone, yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Whatever that, the horse book that yeah. is like the the peak of ridiculous Animorph book. Ooh. Ooh, that book. Okay, so that will be our next book. Yeah. Next time, read, watch, watch, watch episodes 9 to 11 with us. Yeah. Next time, I will not be on Vertigo Drugs anymore. I'm so sorry, guys. I am not holding <laughs> it together great. Next time, I will actually have coffee like I usually do cool. instead of rolling into my desk chair and thinking, I'll be fine. <laughs> I was up late packing, but we'll I'll also, be fine. We're, we're fine, right? We're putting an episode out. That's uh, that's what you got to do. got to stay in that saddle, that chair you saddle. You can, you can hit the fast forward 30 seconds button 
so many times. You can slam that That's button. That's true. Or you could listen at two times speed and then maybe <laughs> you'll miss like half of my stammers and it'll be an adventure. Yeah. Two times speed, like I accidentally do once in a while. I hate that. Real confused. It's upsetting. I used um, to do that to like go figure out what people were wearing and like <laughs> what their their podcast descriptions were like. Yeah. Not fun to scroll around like that. I have to say, I do not enjoy that. I put like a Rose Buddies at one point five by accident once because oh, I was no. like, walking somewhere and it was in my my phone was in my pocket and I was like. Griffin McElroy's voice sounds weird all of a sudden. He's you talking found, kind of yeah, fast. Yeah, you found a secret episode of Squeaky Buddies, I think. <laughs> but then it was all okay. Yeah. Um, okay. We are on Twitter at at Morph Club Cast. If you use the hashtag Morph Club Cast or tweet at us, you can talk to us. Yep. Um, you can also <laughs> chat with us on Facebook if you search for Morph Club Cast. That is the Morph Club Clubhouse. It is the most beautiful corner of the internet that I know, and everyone in it is a shining angel of delight. It is It is such a nice, gentle yeah. place where, yeah. where people just like anamorphs <laughs> And talk so about nice. it. It's really good. Come hang with us there. Um, um, and also, if you have a minute and can spend that time to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, we would really appreciate that. That is super awesome of you, um, and it helps other people who also want to talk about Animorphs find our show, which is extra cool. So that's it. <laughs> this is Animorph Club. Um, I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. And we're both very tired. Oh, we're going to go take a nap. Yep. See you next time. Bye. Bye.